Well, hello, everybody. It is Wednesday, August 11th, 2021. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, brought to you, of course, by Allstate Insurance in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Unless you're brand new to this now seven-and-a-quarter-year-old show, you know me. I'm Jim Chet Chesko, and my radio partner, Bill Furman, will be joining me in just a bit. And as always, there is plenty to talk about on the Philly sports scene. A couple of awesome guests to help us do that tonight, too. Uh, this week, one of our colleagues from the Edge of Philly Sports Network Network, Tom Kelly of the Patterson Avenue Fanatics crew that brings you a great show every Saturday morning visits this show for the very, very first time. We're going to have a great time talking to TK. I can guarantee you that. Also, uh, we're going to have another newcomer to the show, Washington Post reporter Travis Andrews, who uh, chatted with me just the other day about how some college athletes are making extra money now in connection with those new rules. Some very interesting stuff about NIL and Cameo, I promise you that. As I mentioned in my little video preview Tuesday evening, what a week on the Philly sports scene. One of the real highlights, Hall of Fame weekend in Canton, Ohio, where Eagles legend Harold Carmichael was finally enshrined 30-plus years later than he should have been. But, hey, he's finally in there. So be it. In case you didn't get to see it Saturday evening, here is a short clip courtesy of the NFL Network from number 17's induction, induction speech where he talks about, of course, his former Eagles coach. Somebody's very dear to me is Coach Dick Vermeil. Coach, I hope you're in that next class of inductees, this, this next class uh, that's going to come in. Thank you, Coach. You've been awesome. You deserve it. And you got a lot of guys here that you, Coach, that are, we all are pulling for you right now. I remember Coach Vermeil saying, do your job better than anybody else. Surround yourself with good people. And I think I've done that all through my, my career in the National Football League. And last but not least, the Eagles Nation. Thank you. Thank you for welcoming a 22-year-old kid from Jacksonville, Florida, and really accepting me as being one of your own. Thank you for the support. Thank you for your relentless passion, your energy, your pride. To me, you're the best fans in the world. Got to be honest, I was pretty mad at myself for not being there in Canton for that. I should have made plans and uh, been there. Shame on me. The 2020 and 2021 Hall of Fame classes were enshrined. There were more than 20 former Eagles there to support Harold, including Mike Quick, John Spagnolia, John Bunning, Ron Jaworski. Uh, of course, Coach Vermeil was there. Look at this crew. Um, Kevin Riley, our, our pal Super Bill Bradley, who we had on the show just last week, the great Brian Dawkins on the far right, if you're looking at this picture, and our friend Ken Dunnick, who posted this picture on Facebook the other day. I love this. Some great Eagles in that picture, all of whom made the trip to be there for Hall of Famer Harold Carmichael. Congrats to Harold. And let me see, speaking of great guys, how about uh, Bill Furman? Is he available and uh, ready to join us? Bill Furman, are you there? We are, you we are here. We are here if you can hear me. Yeah, I, I see you and I hear you. So uh, great to have you join us. How about Harold Carmichael? Are you, you excited about Harold finally going in the hall? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. And uh you know, it was the whole weekend was really good, really well done as usual. And, uh, 
you know what I like, Chet? You can now find these all over the internet uh, where they do the door knock, uh, <laughs> where David Baker, I believe his name is, goes yeah. over, goes to each uh, of the player's house or hotel room or whatever, knocks on the door. Uh, very emotional moments for these guys. It's awesome. Yeah, I didn't get to watch any of that this year, but I have seen those in the past, and they are indeed awesome. Uh, of course, while some Philly sports fans were focused on what was going on in Canton over the weekend, the Phillies were not only sweeping the Mets out to move into first place in the National League East, but we were also honoring some franchise greats. Late team president David Montgomery, a recent Baseball Hall of Fame recipient of the Buck O'Neill Lifetime Achievement Award. Manny Trio going on to the Phillies Wall of Fame on Saturday. And then on Sunday, the late Roy Halladay, who had his number 34 retired by the Phils. Uh, now, we can debate whether a guy who spent only four seasons with the Phils, two fantastic years, and then really one and a half seasons where injuries started to take a toll on him and he was shut down. But there was no denying that Doc was just unbelievable in both 2010 and 2011. So did you get to watch any of that, Bill? I, I did. And uh, I'm, you know, great accomplishments by Halliday. Very, you know, I'm certainly on the border of a retired number. There's been, there's been plenty of Phillies along the way that have probably done more, uh, maybe not as great in just two years, but done more over a career than Roy Halladay, who are not going to get their number retired. Yeah. And uh, by the way, kudos to the Phillies, who always do amazing jobs with these ceremonies. Dan Baker on the mic, several former Phils in the house for the ceremonies. And if you missed it, here is a clip of Roy Halladay, uh, the video that was shown at the ballpark and then streamed elsewhere on Sunday. This is pretty cool. He is dealing tonight, folks. He has stunned one Marlins hitter after another. I thought to myself, man, he really's really throwing good today. He's got his good stuff. I looked up and I thought to myself, hey, he just might do something today. It was just watching him work and then just being in awe of what he was able to accomplish during that game. I remember I looked to the board and I saw all the zeros and I saw two outs. I started getting nervous, so I remember I grabbed a little bit of dirt and I started just talking to myself. Come on, you know, hit, hit the ground ball to me. I want it. Hit toward third. Castro has it. Spins, fires. A perfect game! Roy Halladay has thrown the second perfect game in Philadelphia Phillies history. October the 6th, 2010, the first postseason game for Roy Halladay. I was just overjoyed and in awe of what he accomplished against the Cincinnati team in the playoffs. Especially in Philly. I mean, you couldn't script it even better. He worked both sides of the plate like a master, like an art. You know, his stuff is, I mean, it's just moving all over the place. They don't have a chance. I looked at Cole and I said, they're not going to get a hit. When guys actually kind of look at each other and kind of acknowledge what's happening, we kind of go, oh, oh, we're witnessing a part of history. The throw from his knees, it's in time, and it's a no-hitter. Unbelievable. And the Phillies again celebrate around Roy Halladay. He did something that was pretty extraordinary in a very, very short period of time. And I think he'll have an indelible impact on what it was to be a Philadelphia Philly. This is a dream come true for me to play in Philadelphia. So thank you very much. Pretty awesome. And uh, that video, of course, courtesy the Philadelphia Phillies, as I said, they do a great job. And, you know, Bill, every time I watch that final out of the playoff no-hitter, I worry that Carlos isn't going to get the throw there because that was quite a play he had to make for the final out. Oh, you somehow got muted there, Bill. Let me try if I uh, see if I can get you back. Unmute. 
You are muted, Bill. Talk to me. Talk, yeah. I think we got you. How now. about you now? I got you now. You're freezing up a little bit, but yes, I do hear you. But yeah, that that final out always scared me. But uh, great play by Chooch to get the no hitter in the postseason. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah, could could have very easily hit uh, hit the runner in the back. Uh, he gets on his knees and throws a strike. It was it was great, great moment. And uh, hey, I, I did want to hit you up about Manny Trio though. What do you think about Manny Trio as a Wall of Famer and you know, another short-time Philly guy. Of course, he was there for the World Series and was a was a key player in that. But you know, you have a guy like Dave Cash who was there for four years uh, in the Yes We Can time before they got to the World Series that had two hundred plus hits all four seasons with the Phillies. Um, why not him? Yeah, I personally would have gone with Dave Cash, but uh, Trio was popular, as you said, not really a long-term guy. Did have some big hits in the 80 postseason. We remember that triple that he got down in the left field corner. Um, Likeable guy, but he's kind of a borderline wall of famer, if you ask me. But now, you know, in the coming years, we're going to have the deluge of all, all the guys Ryan Howard and Jimmy Rollins yeah. and Chase Utley, of course, probably Chooch, I would think. So, uh, yeah, the next few years, they're going to have no shortage of candidates to put on the wall. Cole Hamels eventually. Absolutely. I mean, the, the list goes on. Uh, Brad Lidge, don't forget him. Mr. Perfect's got to yeah, go on there. Absolutely. 48 for 48 in uh, 2008. So, uh, hey, real quickly, uh, we're going to talk more Phillies when we have Tom Kelly on later in the show. But they just won eight games in a row between a Sunday a week and a half ago and this past Sunday. And, you know, they lost last night, but they are now in first place by a game. Are you liking what you've seen from the team lately? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think the defense has played better, which has made the bullpen pitch better uh, for the most part until last night. And the bats are, are coming around without Hoskins, without McCutcheon. Uh, should only get better there, too. Uh, you know, the thing about last night that was really disappointing is Nola and Scherzer are, are geared up to, mm. for a big-time game, and they're both pitching great. And then the rain comes, and, uh, oh, dog, you know, and uh, here No, Bill, you're uh, you're fading out again. Again, you don't have the uh, the hottest of hot spots down there. So uh, we just lost you temporarily. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to switch gears and go to um, Travis Andrews. Now, if you don't know who Travis Andrews is, he's a Washington Post reporter. And a couple of weeks ago, we here on Philly Press Box Radio had a real good discussion with former Comcast Sportsnet reporter Leslie Goodell. We'll get back to you in a second there, Bill. The Phillies, of course, plus the upcoming Kendall's Crusade One-Arm Golf Challenge were the topics for Leslie, but also name, image, and likeness. That situation as well, something that Leslie is now actually working with quite a bit in one of her new gigs with sports marketing person Pat Waters. They're working together. So we're going to talk more about NIL right now in this conversation. The other day I was able to speak with Washington Post reporter Travis Andrews about that very subject, specifically how some college athletes are making money from the new rules already. So here is that conversation. The NCAA, NIL, and Cameo. College athletes are using that app to make some money now that it's legal to do so. Let's talk about it with the Washington Post's Travis Andrews. Travis, I've heard the acronym NIL quite a bit since July 1st. What exactly happened on that date, and what does it mean for college athletes? So 
NIL stands for name, image, and likeness. And basically boiling down what happened was athletes, uh, collegiate athletes were not allowed to make any money off their name, image, or likeness. So imagine an athlete on the cover of a video game or their jersey or something like that. They wouldn't uh, be able to make any money off that. And the rules change uh, in July where now they can make money off of all that. A lot of athletes have been pushing for this for really for decades. Uh, a very big deal uh, for a lot of them who now feel like that they have a chance to, to earn some of the money that uh, they're earning their university. Some football and basketball stars have inked some nice endorsement deals, but the great majority of college athletes aren't getting those opportunities. So as you point out in your story, several hundred of them have been turning to Cameo. For anyone not familiar, what is Cameo and how can athletes or other people profit from that? Absolutely. So Cameo is basically the social media platform where you or I or whomever can pay celebrities of of all stripes to make a personalized video. Um, There's a lot of folks on there. A lot of members of the show The Office are on there. So if you wanted Kevin from The Office to tell your, you know, buddy happy birthday, you could pay him a certain amount of money and he'd make a little short video doing that. And so as soon as the rules passed, it made a lot of sense for uh, these college athletes to, particularly the ones who can't get sponsorships, to go to Cameo. They can set their own prices. um, And if anyone wants them to make a video, uh, they can. And they make most of that money uh, with Cameo taking 25%. Retired, well-known athletes like Drew Brees, Ric Flair, Gary Payton, Brett Favre, etc., charge several hundred dollars for a cameo video, even more in the case of Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, what do college athletes typically charge for doing these short videos? So it's still new, and it's a, it's a range right now from about 5 bucks to $177. Um, that's, that's the highest at the moment. Uh, but these, uh, since I started working on the story, that changed several times. So I think part of it is they're figuring out what people are willing to, to pay to make these, and also, I, I suppose, how much time they're willing to get. Floyd Mayweather, um, I find this pretty amusing, charges $15,000 for a video. So you can tell Floyd Mayfield, uh, Mayweather, he'll make a video, but uh, he probably doesn't really want to unless it's worth the it for him. So I think a lot of the college athletes are kind of figuring out that balance. <laughs> tell me about Sedona Prince from the University of Oregon. Absolutely. So Sedona Prince is a basketball player at the, the University of Oregon, and she became pretty well known for a couple reasons, one of them being the fact that she is part of a lawsuit about the NIL rules uh, before they changed. Uh, she also became pretty well known during March Madness for highlighting the difference between the men and the women's locker rooms and then weight rooms on her social media. And on social media, she's on TikTok, she's on Instagram, Twitter, and she has several million followers there. So for her, Cameo kind of was uh, the next step. She was already making all these videos. She was already popular on social media, and now she's making money off of it. And she charges, I believe right now, it's $63 per video. But again, that could change tomorrow. Who knows? And she does all kinds of uh, pretty fun videos. She is someone's maid of honor in one, which is kind of still figuring out what that means. Uh, she has to make a video saying that she's the maid of honor. She helped another uh, one of her fans come out to her friends and family uh, by making a video for the woman to post on Instagram to to let everyone know that she's bisexual. So she's kind of uh, doing some more personal videos and and kind of having some fun with it. In addition to making a little money, can doing these cameo videos or similar things help college kids in other ways? Yeah. So one thing that I spoke with several athletes and one uh, one aspect of this whole thing that I hadn't thought of that several of them mentioned was, you know, a lot of these kids are very aware that they are probably not going to go pro. Most people aren't. And one thing that kept coming up was that something like Cameo helps them learn some kind of basic skills, branding, 
marketing, how to sell yourself, how to convince people to buy those videos. Also some basic financial skills that, that people need to know, uh, how you do your taxes when you're now in business for yourself, how you save up and, and budget and decide, again, the balance between how much time you put in and how much money you're taking in and, and what's worth it and what's not. So it sounds like there's a lot of practical skills that can be, uh, can be learned through doing this as well. You mentioned some of the unusual requests, uh, like some of the things Sedona did. What are the most common requests being made of college athletes on Cameo? A lot of birthday wishes, um, as you might expect. One really nice one that uh, kept coming up was a lot of coaches uh, of Little League uh, teams will get, you know, an athlete to, to give a little pep talk to, to the kids before they go out and, you know, play a big game. So I thought that was really nice. But uh, then there's, like, some fun some fun ones you might expect from, like, college football fans. This, uh, this one fella tried to get Dejan Robinson of the University of Texas to sing Boomer Sooner, the Oklahoma fight song and uh you know you make the request so Bijan had to make the decision like i'm taking this money do i do i sing the song or, or what do i do here in the end he he played with it and uh made a video for the guy he wouldn't sing it but he was like you got i saw what you tried to do there and he do a little hook em horns yeah i love that that's a great little story <laughs> you put in there on a little bit of an off-topic question the name image likeness situation overall is it a good thing or might we see some potential problems as we move forward you know, I, I don't think it's my place to say if it's good or bad. I know that there are certainly uh, critics of it. Um, one one thing that critics say, there's kind of a couple of criticisms people make. Some say, well, these athletes are already getting athletic scholarships, so isn't that a form of payment? Um, people who are for the NIL rules will say, sure, to some degree, but that's not nearly enough proportional to what they're often pulling into school. Um, another criticism of them is that a lot of these athletes, you know, in a couple of years when they're not in college and they're not pro, won't really be able to make much money off their name, image, and likeness. So is it kind of getting them comfortable with something that will later kind of come back to bite them? Because um, maybe they're not learning some other practical skills that they should. So there's certainly a, a lot of debate surrounding it on all sides. Uh, I, I can say that, you know, unsurprisingly, every athlete I spoke with is, is certainly thrilled about the, hey, the new rules. Not a surprise. The Washington Post, Travis Andrews. Thanks for doing this, Travis. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. All right. There you go, Bill. What do you think? Hey, good, good stuff. Good stuff. I, I only got to hear a little bit of it. I lost a little bit of reception again uh, down here in a thunderstorm uh, on top of my other problems. But uh, I, I'd let, one of these times I'm going to get in on one of these live interviews because uh, on this topic because it's really good, really interesting, and getting crazier as it goes. I wonder how much you and I could make doing cameo. Maybe we could, you know, do birthday shout outs for people get like, you know, five bucks or something like, Hey, little yeah. Robbie, enjoy your birthday. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> or, or you know what? Maybe uh, a, a weekly beer promo. Logger up, Bill. Logger up. We, we, we do that for free. Don't we? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> oh, all right. Chet. Give us money. Hey, what the hell? You know, I hear you. anyway, hey, Chet, we speaking can, of yeah. money, uh, if your couch is getting more mileage than your car, it's time for you to start saving all states pay as you go auto insurance. How did you know I wanted to talk about Allstate, Bill? Yeah, Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay-per-mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay-per-mile car insurance by calling your local agent. You know by now that in Westchester, that would be David Lavoy. Call David, 610-430-0700. Once again, 610-430-0700. And 
start to save more now that you are driving less. Hey, everybody, it's Willie Nile here, and you're listening to Chet and Bill on Philly Press Box Radio. You lucky people. You lucky people. Well, I don't know how lucky you are because we lost Bill again. Bill uh, is having some connection issues down in Florida, whatever he's doing down there. So we don't need him because we got Tom Kelly. Tom Kelly from the Patterson Ave Fanatics. There he is. How you doing, TK? What's up, Chet? <laughs> Looking good, man. Now, so, is that your, uh, home, so, wait, is that your so, home studio? Where are you? Yeah, yeah. This is my, well, my home office slash studio. Gotcha. You know, yeah, I, I noticed Bill jumped off just as I popped on. Likely story. Likely yeah, story. I know, because uh, he <laughs> knew you were going to challenge him about the whole Joel Embiid stuff and his criticism of JoJo. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, what should we talk about first, Tom? So much going on in the Philly sports. How about those resurgent Phillies? Before uh, last night, they won eight in a row. They're in first place now. So uh, what do you think? Can they keep this up? The schedule gets easier after this week. It does. It does. I got the game on right now. It's tied two outs, top of the first, uh, first and second um, Dodgers are up. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens here. I don't know. It, it, it gives me that feel. I've heard a lot of people say that 2017, 2018 Eagles team where they began to build momentum throughout the season and starting with the New York Giants game, the long 61 yard field goal and then and going on there. And this team, I don't know, gives you that feel. And it's almost like they're starting to get a chip on their shoulder. I think I think Harper is at least. Yeah, I mean, he has suddenly put himself into the MVP talk. I don't know if it's, you know, going to be able to continue the way he's been the last three weeks but that would be nice and of course um the pitcher zach wheeler is in the cy young talk in fact he's the favorite according to some people so nice to see him as the number one guy coming through like that aaron nola who used to be the number one guy is now number two sort of he's been a little shaky looked great last night until the rain came but he's been just too inconsistent this year that's my concern about aaron nola uh agreed agreed uh so you know, of course, last night the rain comes and it's, it's, I don't know, apropos for, you know, our area, our teams that we cheer for, but his inconsistency is, is one of my biggest concerns because if you're making any kind of playoff push, I mean, you're, you're going to need Nola to be on top of his game. I like what they do with the lineup tonight with Hoskins out on the IL, the former DL. Us old guys have to get used to saying IL. Uh, Hoskins on the IL, and they have Bohm over at first base and Torres, I guess, playing third, which makes sense defensively. So I think that's been one of the keys to this recent hot streak. They've been playing better defense. And now we got Freddie Galvis back as a fill, and he should be able to uh, join the team in the next few days, hopefully. And uh, McCutcheon back in left field is a plus also because he was on fire before he got hurt. So it's good to have McCutcheon back in the lineup, and it's good to have Freddie Galvis waiting in the wings to play short or third or second as needed. I was excited when I heard they got Galvis back. Not over the moon excited like right. Freddie Burns. Like Freddie Burns seemed to be. or you know, <laughs> Whatever. We had a little fun back and forth on the uh, on the EOP group chat. But, no, I'm, I'm excited. You know, um, it definitely give you a little spark for sure. Um, just trying to keep an eye on what's going on here. It's second and third now as well. So, giving you real-time <laughs> real updates here. Um, but I'm excited in the direction that this team is heading because – you know, a month and a half ago, we weren't quite feeling this way. So it's it's nice, you know, even um, 
depending on what happens tonight. But right now you're sitting in first place, and it's August, so I can't complain. Yeah, let me see if I can find those uh, standings right here again. Uh, I think the Phillies are one game up going into tonight, which is great, of course. Uh, the Braves playing the Reds, yep. which is a tough team. And here we go. The Phillies up by a game. The Mets two games back. The Mets, of course, have been kind of in free fall of late, uh, winning just two of their last ten. I don't know what happened in the suspended game for the Mets today. But I don't, I'm not too worried about the Mets, especially with their injury problems. The Braves are the team that I'm more worried about because they have a lot of talent despite their injuries. But they got a tougher schedule than the Phillies. The Phillies, as we said, have a lot of sub-500 teams on the schedule after this week. They do. They really could make a push here, um, you know, late, late August into September. And then who knows? Maybe the leaves are falling and it's red October and anything's possible from there. Yeah, what is your biggest concern? Is it the starting pitching? Is it the bullpen still? It's it's always going to be the bullpen until they yeah, prove yeah. until they prove otherwise with consistency. For the last couple of years, few years, it's it's been the bullpen for the most part. I just want the bats not to die off. Um, uh, like obviously, like last night's game. So we'll see what tonight brings. But it is hitting season, as Charlie Manuel would say. So uh, you know, I want to I want to see him keep mashing the ball. Yeah, the good news is Hector Neris has been looking pretty good of late. Archie Bradley's been very good out of the bullpen. Uh, Connor Brogdon is back. I like Brogdon. He's been inconsistent, too. And Ranger Suarez now back into the rotation, which I think is going to work out. So I like the fact that they got him in the rotation, and I like Kyle Gibson, too. He looked you know pretty good his first two starts. I guess he's struggling a little bit tonight so far, but uh, it's early. Yeah, it's extremely early. So, yeah, for, for things to watch out for me, it's your bullpen and to make sure your bats don't, you know, fall into those um, later months of the season lull that, that can happen sometimes. But it, it's exciting time in sports right now. Chat, you got the Phils in first place. There's always the, the, the Ben Simmons talk and then the birds training camp. There's all kinds of stuff going on there. So even the Flyers made some moves in the offseason. So this is this is that time of year, you, you know, you get that football itch. Uh, and baseball's doing well, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping Philly sports fans have a lot to cheer about come uh, come October, November. Well, you mentioned the polarizing Ben Simmons. He's still a Sixer. Why is he still a Sixer, Tom? I don't think teams are offering anywhere near what the Sixers yeah. are expecting. That's that's kind of uh, you know the um, the feeling that you get out there. Uh, will he be here at the start of next season? I don't think so. You know, if I, if they can make a move or a three-way trade, get yourself a Dame Lillard, because at this point, that's you know how this you know how the city gets one-track mind when there's someone out there that they want, and they'll bring up the most ridiculous trade scenarios in order to fit that narrative. Uh, but I think they have enough pieces. I wouldn't like to see Maxi go, but if I'm getting Dame Lillard in your package. Uh, a Simmons and a Maxi, and then maybe a one or a one and you know two ones. I don't know what they want, but it's quite evident that at least here he's not going to make any any more progress. Uh, yeah. So I, I I'm I, I don't know. I can't say for sure why he's still here, but my gut tells me it's because the Sixers' asking price might seem too high to other teams. Agreed. And I also agree that they just cannot bring him back because the, the fans will not be happy. And even if he does go somewhere else and succeed and start hitting, you know, 15 footers on a nightly basis, fine. It's just not going to work here, as you said. 
Um, what do you think about the other moves that the Sixers made over the last few weeks? You know, Andre Drummond's a Sixer now. They got that other dude. Uh, they drafted a few players, Springer. And uh, I, I like I like this team right now, assuming, you know, they get something good in return for Ben Simmons. Right. Um, you know, I like that they re-signed Danny Green. I, yeah. I, I do feel like um, he gave you some energy for sure. Uh, I, I like Andre Drummond coming here because – uh, you, ben needs a backup. He's injury prone. I feel like Drummond's a step up from where we were last year. Um, so, I, me personally, I, I like some of their offseason moves. I'm waiting to see what the big one's going to be. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't know when it's going to be. I thought it might happen draft night. It didn't, but it, it's going to happen before the season. It has to. Let's shift gears, talk a little Eagles. Preseason opener tomorrow night. We're not overly excited about a preseason opener, but there's certainly a lot to a lot to watch out for and you know learn about over the next three weeks when the Eagles play these preseason games. What are you going to be watching for? First preseason game, I always look for offensive line. Um, we, we know that offense as a whole plays catch up to the defense. Uh, this time of year, defense is usually coming out of the gate light years ahead of the offense. So I'm interested to see offensive line. I really want to see Jordan Maialata because I've been hearing a lot in camp and you can only see the, the you know the clips on Facebook and on the news. So I'm really interested to see what he can do. I'm interested to see Andre Dillard, you know, maybe in, in the second or third or fourth quarter and, and see what his issues might be. But I always, especially the first the first game i look for rookies and i look for in the trenches usually o-line and d-line what is your level of confidence in jalen hurts that he's going to be a good second year quarterback from i i am i am not i usually think with my heart but uh, since they won the super bowl i've thought more with my head i've since they won the super bowl i've lost all animosity towards cowboys fans i think much more logically than i did prior to the super bowl and i i don't um i bet with my heart or go with my heart and even though you shouldn't anyway uh, as much but i'm always i'm always trying to be optimistic especially about a a quarterback, but it's a new quarterback. It's a new coach, new system. So are they going to give him more leeway to run? I I don't know. Um, Bill said he lost the signal again in the storm. So he turned it over to us, but um, yeah. So do I think he can do the job? Hopefully, but I don't know. We got such a small sample size and now it's a totally different system. What's this about losing all animosity toward Cowboys fans? What's going on there? So for <laughs> I was the typical 700 level, you're an idiot, you don't know nothing, um, fan for, for a long time. And, and I wore it proudly, and I don't deny it. But after the Eagles won the Super Bowl, I lost all kind of that, that, like that tenseness. And it comes now, tomorrow's the first preseason game, first game of the season, first time you play your division rivals. I get that, you know, it builds up a little bit, but it's – I don't know. It's like I I got smarter <laughs> after they won the Super Bowl or I'm getting older, Chet, and I just don't have that that fire to start crap with strangers that I used to. <laughs> yeah, I've never done that to start and crap with strangers. But just, I, in jest, in jest, friendly, you know, yes. booing and whatnot. I just, but, um, I just never got the whole Dallas Cowboys fans from this area who have no otherwise connection to Dallas or, you know, somebody on the team. Never got that, and I never will. Right. Yeah. Same. 
Oh, well. Um, Devontae Smith, uh, he should be okay in the next week or so. And uh, are you excited about seeing him? Because I sure am. I mean, all, all the talk about him and you know, winning the Heisman Trophy, reteaming with Jalen Hurts. I, I can't wait to see him. He's going to be the number one receiver right out of the gate. Draft nights are always one of my favorite nights of the year. And we did the um, we did the first night in the studio at EOP. Guys are high five and cheering, you know, texting with everybody after the picks made. And, you know, it gave you that it gave you something to look forward to. Uh, you know, and hopefully we don't run into a JJ Ortega Whiteside issue or, um, you know, some some of the other not so stellar first round picks in, in Eagles lore. But I'm really excited to watch him and Hertz together. There's that there is that connection there. So hopefully it can translate into the NFL. Now, I'm not down there at practice, of course, but they they say that the best wide receiver over the first week of camp has been Quez Watkins. Uh, you know, maybe he's got something there. I would love to see him develop right away. All these young there, there are no old receivers. They're all young. So yeah. it's it's a young receiving course. So one of two things, you know, you have the potential for one of two things could be an epic failure, or it could be incredibly awesome to watch these young kids running around toasting everybody. So uh, it's it's a waiting game right now, and we're not really going to be able to glom anything from the next three, you know, because there's only three preseason games now. Right. We're not going to be able to really pull anything away from this. And if the Eagles are smart, they're not going to give you anything to pull away from. I think we were all a little bit concerned after the first news conference with the new head coach, Nick Sirianni, but I got to tell you, he's been growing on me every single time out there that he speaks or, you know, says something we hear from him, but I'm starting to like this guy. Same. Um, so he and I are exactly one day apart. I was born June 12th. He was born June 11th. So I am almost literally exactly the same age as the Philadelphia Eagles head coach, which, which kind of blows my mind a little bit. So He's definitely younger, not Sean McVay young, but I like his energy and and getting you know getting into some players in camp, which which I've heard, you didn't really hear anything coming out about Doug lighting people up, and it sounds like he you know he is trying to light a fire, and that's good. Every you know there's there's a nice blend of um, veterans and 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 young guys on this team. So I'm interested to see what they can do. And I do, I agree with you. Sirianni certainly has grown on me from rock, scissors, papers or paper, scissors. Yeah. So uh, the schedule is kind of daunting in the early part of the year, but I don't know. It, it does get easier. I think as we go along and the over under at last check was six and a half, I'm leaning toward the over now. What is your sense? Six and a half or, uh, you know, higher or lower? So I guess I lied three minutes ago when I said that I didn't make picks with my heart anymore. Because, <laughs> yeah, that's that's total fib. Because um, I have them going 10 and 7. <laughs> and oh. everybody everybody that's asked me, why do you think they're going 10 and 7? What could, what, what could possibly push you in that direction. I said, it's the unknown. It's the fear of the unknown. So that's what I'm riding. I'm riding with the unknown, no tape on them. Um, you know, Chip Kelly-esque Philadelphia Eagles coming out of the gate. Hopefully Sirianni has some tricks up his sleeve. He's got to think you got a new D coordinator in there. So it's going to look totally different on both sides of the ball. 
So I'm probably going to lay a little money on the over. And uh, I did that with the Phillies this year. It was 80.5. And I'm looking pretty good for that right now, especially with the schedule getting easier for them. So uh, I think I'm going to get a little money there. And maybe with the Eagles too. Uh, you know, I'm going to say at this point, eight and nine or nine and eight. I'm not ready to go 10 wins, but either way, that's more than six and a half. Yes, sir. It is. And we're a lot closer <laughs> than we probably were at the beginning of the rock, paper, scissors uh, era. Yeah. I mean, that <laughs> the NFC East is just still not great. I mean, we saw how bad it was last year. It's wide open. Any of those four teams could win it if things break right. So I'm not saying they're going to win the division, but I think they're going to be there in December for sure. Yeah, the Cowboys are young on the defensive side of the ball. The Giants have definitely improved quite a bit since last season um, on paper. Uh, and, and the Washington football team wasn't atrocious last year. So the, the, overall, I feel the division has improved with, you know, a an asterisk next to the Philadelphia Eagles because I don't know what they're going to be yet. Hey, we were talking uh, earlier, Bill and I briefly before he cut out for the first time about Roy Halladay. Uh, just got his number retired, number 34. Great pitcher, of course, during his career, but he only played four seasons with the Phillies. He had two amazing years. One, a Cy Young, threw a perfect game, a postseason no-hitter. But really, over his third and fourth year, he pitched one and a half years. Not great. He had the injury problems. He had apparently some personal demons at the same time. I, I don't mean to be a bad guy, but I don't think they should have retired his number, even though he is a Hall of Famer and they typically do retire Hall of Fame numbers. But because he only had two great years with the Phillies, I didn't think his number should have been retired. Am I wrong? Um, it's a really good question because usually you, at least at least the way I think about it, I associate a number retiring with tenure on a team, uh, a guy to have – you know, that number four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten seasons, what have you. So maybe, maybe not. Uh, it's it's a good question. I, I would still I would still say, yeah, retire his number, but it's it's a good question to think about. Yeah, it could go either way, but uh if I had to make a choice, I'd say no. Sorry, Roy, but that's just me. Um, what is going on with your crew at the Patterson Avenue fanatics these days, Tom? So we are uh, Saturday mornings, 9 a.m. Uh, on, the, on the Edge of Philly Sports Network. Uh, we are going to hopefully have um, one, of our, one of our hosts back in studio this Saturday. Um, Joey has, has been a little under the weather. Um, you know, we've been thinking about him and stuff like that. So depending on how a doctor's appointment goes this, uh, at the end of this week, we'll see. Um, I know he's missed a, a few weeks here and, you know, we're thinking about him, but um, – now we'll be talking, definitely be talking training camp, definitely be talking Phil's. Um, we'll see what happens. I don't think anything's going to happen on the Sixers front that's, uh, you know, going to in the next couple of days, but you never know. Hey, I don't know if I told the story on the air. I may have once, but I can't remember. Tell people how you and I met in 2018. <laughs> um, so 2018. I'll, I'll I'll give you the start of the Patterson F fanatics, which kind of coincides with how you and sure. I met. So we we started our show at my dining room table downstairs, and the um, week before the Super Bowl. Um, so you know we started the show. I came up with the name of the Patterson F fanatics twenty years ago 
walking to the game from FDR Park, walking to the uh, probably the vet at the time. But I looked up at the Patterson F fanatics on. I was like, yeah, we're Patterson F fanatics. And it stuck with me. And that's how that name came up. So we started our show. I reached out to John Crichton, who's now at Last Out Media, uh, and said, hey, we have a podcast. Because um, it said to reach out to him. So I'm reaching out to him. And he was like, okay, we'll send me some of your stuff. And I did. He called us. We went in there. And, and we hit it off. So we joined Wildfire Radio. So I had this grand marketing scheme that I was going to get 5,000 business cards made up and head down to... Um, I guess I can name drop 97.5, the Fanatics Fan Fest. And, uh, and we did. So we were in a line. Was it the spin wheel line? I don't know if it was the spin wheel line or the line just to get in, but it was some line at Fan it, Fest. Yeah, I think we were inside already. But I turned around and I said, hey, man, you listen to Sports Talk. Uh, my name's Tom Kelly. I have my own show on uh, Wildfire Radio. And you said, hey, Tom Kelly, I'm Jim Tesco. And I have a show on Wildfire Radio. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. I was like, I've watched your show, so I was I, I may have had a couple of pops before entering uh, Fan Fest. Oh, I'm sure day, I did. <laughs> up, uh, you know, there is an update. I did hand out all five thousand wow. business cards, so I'm sure the the guys cleaning up after Fan Fest seen a lot of my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'll be back there again this year because yeah, doing I think we're going to do it again too. So it should, should be fun. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, well, before we say goodbye, Tom. Uh, with first-time guests, I play a little game sometimes, a little thing called Fast Five. I put our guest, our first-time visitor, our, our virgin into the hot seat. So uh, you ready for that? Fire away. Here we go. Let's do it. Number one, Tom Kelly, which pro Philly sports team will be the next to win a championship? Sixers. Wow, that was easy. I agree with you. I think it's going to happen in the next two years for the Sixers. Number two, other than the Phil's title in 08 and the Eagles Super Bowl, will of course, give me a favorite Philadelphia sports memory of yours from the past 20 years. The first Flyers game I ever went to, it was against Pittsburgh, and my mother took me. And I guess some rowdy Pittsburgh fan thought he was going to get away with cursing in front of us. And it did not work out so well for this Pittsburgh fan. He got popcorn dumped on his head. And that's Mama <laughs> Kelly for you. <laughs> Way to go, Mama Kelly. <laughs> well, speaking of the Flyers, number three, uh, as a Flyers fan, who is your all-time favorite Flyer? Jeremy Roenick. Really? Yeah, he yep. was fun to watch. He was, one of, he was my overall all-time favorite hockey player. And I... I, I if if I had to say, you know, a, a flyer with more tenure than him, I'd go Rod Brindamore. But Roenick was my favorite hockey player of all time. Yeah, Brindamore is one of my favorites also. And, of course, because I'm really old, I go back to, you know, the Clark and Barber and Leach guys. So they were all great. And, of course, Bernie. Everybody loves Bernie Perron. In, in high school, I would have half of my shirt untucked, and I would get yelled at by the priests. And they would say, what are you doing? And I would say, Rod Brindamore, man. Come on. <laughs> there you go. Number four, I know you're a Bruce Springsteen fan. Is Bruce the artist you've seen most often in concert? If so, how many times? If not, who is it? 100% yes it's I've I've seen Bruce 58 times in concert whoa <laughs> I traveled up and down the east coast in 03 um following him around lost a couple of jobs doing it slept out of slept out of my car for a few weeks but it was an experience I'll tell you that 11 for me so okay. I, I just no comparison that's how you. many times I've seen Buffett Billy Joel and Dave Matthews they're all 11 for me all right. All good ones. Uh, speaking of music, we are both good friends with drummer David Wasikinen. What's the best song by the Hooters? 
all you zombies is I, I would go all you zombies. if i said and we danced everybody would uh, nervous night itself is a good tune too there's a lot of, they got they got a lot of sleeper songs the hooters that are that are great tunes all you zombies the first big hit for them and we danced is great and another one of my favorites the vastly underrated i'm alive yes yes another good tune which I can't wait. I pre-ordered uh I pre-ordered Dave's um Philly special vinyl. I yeah. can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I saw the the track list. Great stuff from David Wasikinen. And uh his in the pocket is great. I've seen them a couple of times. And boy, they put on a terrific show. He's he's awesome. I was uh texting with him and we're trying to we're gonna try and get him on the show to kind of coincide with the release of the uh the album when it officially comes out. Yep. Uh, in the final 10 seconds, a bonus question. Name three of your all-time favorite sports movies. Rudy. Oh, I know. I know. I know. He was <laughs> he was off sides. Hey, I got a cameo from him. Ooh, so okay. sports movies, I probably go Rudy the Natural and Blue Chips. Not bad. Not bad. Hey, speaking of sports movies, uh, one of my favorites is Field of Dreams. I know it's a little bit sappy, but um tomorrow night they're playing that field of dreams baseball game in iowa which looks like it's going to be very cool i think i have a picture of the field down here and yeah there it is right next to where the field from the movie was they oh built wow this, yeah they built this makeshift major league stadium with more bleachers and everything and the players are going to apparently walk through that path in the cornfield to get no way. to the stadium as our fans. So that's how they're going to get into the stadium. So that is going to be real cool. It's going to be on Fox tomorrow evening. I'm going to definitely set the DVR while uh, while I'm watching the Eagles game. I'm going to have this going on the DVR because that looks really cool. Chet doesn't have that the um, uh, you know the hockey uh, the outdoor the Winter Classic feel doesn't it have right. a Winter Classic feel to it. It does. So they're doing this. For now, as a one-off, but if it goes well, they will probably make it a yearly thing. And, of course, they will if it's going to you know, work out great and make some money for people. Why not? I'd watch the game for a few innings just you know, on principle. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Anything else we should plug or talk about, Tom? Um, we, um, you know, just the Patterson F Fanatics, 9 a.m. EOP for all your, uh, all your sports needs. And, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much it. Sounds good. Hey, this was a lot of fun, and uh, we're going to have you back again one of these days. Maybe Bill will even hang out and join us. That's that's okay. I I, I guess I'll just recycle all this in bead notes that I have for you know, some other <laughs> Save time. it for next time, for sure. <laughs> Thank Thanks, you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. See you, Chet. The great Tom Kelly from Patterson Ave Fanatics. Uh, Bill normally does this, but he's not here, so... I'm going to give you a shout out to all the shows at the EOP network. Now, if I can find the overlay, so you don't have to look at me while I do it, I will uh, do that. Edge of Philly sports network crew. There they are. A whole bunch of us, Bill and me on the left. Tom Kelly is not in this one because he is his own separate one with the Patterson Ave crew. I'll, I'll put that up again. But this episode is being streamed live across Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and on Twitch now, too. You can also catch all the action on www.eopsports.com. So please help us all subscribe, follow, like buttons. You know the deal. Share with your friends and family. I think we on our YouTube channel are up to about 93 subscribers. That's not enough. We should be at 
100 or 200 by now, for God's sake. So help us out. Subscribe to Philly Press Box Radio on YouTube. In addition to this great show, though, there is the Broad Street Bully podcast. New releases every Monday with Drew, Jeff, and Doyle talking Flyers hockey during the season, at least. Some amazing guests on there. Lax Philly, Kevin and Gary uh, do that with a lot of content. They are hopefully going to have some new live shows very soon. We'll keep you posted. Tonight, every Wednesday, Edge of Philly Sports Live, Joe, Freddie, and Big Al covering four for four and so much more. Bird's IQ, Kyle and Eric Quinn returning soon with a live show every Monday during the Eagle season at 7 p.m. Maybe they'll even be there this coming Monday because the preseason is kicking off. And as we just discussed with Big Tom, we got the Patterson Ave Fanatics crew every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Yeah, wake up with TK and the guys and get your Philly sports talk on. Also, remember you can stay up to date on all Philly sports by visiting elpsports.com with great articles from our big staff of contributors. Subscribe to the weekly newsletter there. You can sign up at eopsports.com. There you go. So that's the story for all of that. Now, we have another good show next week. We had Tom Kelly tonight, who was terrific. We knew he would be. Travis Andrews from the Washington Post with some very interesting stuff about NIL and Cameo. Next week on Philly Press Box Radio, we're not done by the way, we got some more things to discuss. But next week, well, Bill Furman helped arrange this, and this is something cool. It's something very different, also. Uh, I'm guessing you're going to enjoy it. We are going to talk to the parent of a major league ball player. To be specific, we are going to talk to the mother of one Connor Brogdon. That is her on the right next to her son Connor and husband Mike on the left. Stephanie Brogdon, we will find out just how closely she watches the Phillies, what her anxiety level is when Connor gets called in from the bullpen, and a whole lot more with her. You know, what's what it like, what it's like to be a baseball mom, a major league baseball mom. That's gonna be fun. And then our second guest, well, it is a guy who happens to have a new album coming out next week. You know him, you love him. He does our little uh, breaker during every week's show. The great Willie Nile. That is Willie on the right. I don't know who the guy on the left is, but uh, that is the cover of his new album on the left. The day the earth stood still, Willie Nile here next week. I'm pretty excited about that. I know I've turned Bill Furman into a Willie Nile fan as well. All right, a couple of other odds and ends before we wrap up. Another tough week in terms of losses. I'm not talking about the Phillies. I'm talking about people leaving us, unfortunately, way too soon. First of all, last Wednesday, the day of our show, we learned that J.R. Richard died at the age of 70 or 71, I guess. And uh, boy, what a great pitcher he was in the late 70s. And then part of in you know 1980, right up until the All-Star game. And that's when he suffered that tragic stroke and tried to come back after that. Just didn't work out. But what a great pitcher he was. J.R. Richard left us. Then, of course, a couple of days later, Bobby Bowden, the legendary Florida State coach. Boy, he was terrific. I think he was uh, 91. Uh, he was one of Bill Furman's favorite by, favorites, by the way. There is Bill, as a matter of fact, right there getting a helmet signed by Bobby in 2018. You can see how happy Bill was to be getting that from the legendary coach. So rest in peace, Bobby Bowden. And then just yesterday, we learned that Tony Esposito, the great hockey goalie, brother of Phil, 
had died. I guess he was 77 or 78, if my math is correct. Boy, we've been losing way too many of these greats from, you know, our peak time of watching these guys in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. So three great ones gone right there. May they all rest in peace. And on a totally, well, not totally unrelated, because we lost these people too. Marky Post, who I was a huge fan of in Night Court back in the day. That's her on the left. And on the right, Jane Withers, who you may know. She was a child star, but people of a certain age, like me and like Bill, know her as the plumber. Um, yeah, Josephine the Plumber, that's who her name was, uh, from those Comet commercials. I think she did that for about 12 years, so ah, rest in peace. And then um, Ray Fossey is still with us, of course, but he is battling cancer. We learned the other day, he's been battling for several years, as a matter of fact, and unfortunately has gotten worse. So Ray Fossey, the Oakland A's announcer, who we've had on the show two or three times, just a great guy. He is now taking a leave of absence from his broadcasting duties, and we wish Ray and his family the best as Ray, you know, battles cancer. Ah, I hate cancer. We all do. Um, rather than a parting shot, what I'm going to do this week is kind of turn it into a random chat segment right now. Thursday, August 12th, kids, it happens to be the 30th anniversary of the release of one of the greatest rock albums ever made. It's this one. Not much to look at. It's just a black album with the songs listed on the back. It is the Metallica album, the black album, as we got to know it. Not much to look at, as I said, but uh, so many great songs on there. Sad But True, Nothing Else Matters, The Unforgiven, and the lead track, Enter Sandman. Love that Metallica album. August 12th is also... National Vinyl Record Day. You know how I love music. You know how I loved collecting vinyl back in the day. I was a huge buyer of vinyl, especially in the 70s and early 80s. But the very first vinyl LP that I bought, or I don't know if I bought it or was given it as a gift. I was I was like 10 years old. Um, this one from a little group called The Beatles, who you may remember. Yeah, the Magical Mystery Tour album. This kid acquired this album somehow. In, I think it was 1968. It was a 1967 release. I wore it out, as they say. Had to end up getting a second copy. But that is the, the very first album that was mine. So you never forget your first. You know that. Happy National Vinyl Record Day. Uh, let's see. What else? Mike Richards. Hey, Mike Richards, the former flyer, the new host of Jeopardy. Wait a second. My phone's ringing here. Oh, no. Wrong Mike Richards. Not Mike Richards from the Flyers. Mike Richards, the former executive producer of Jeopardy, is going to be the new host of Jeopardy, along with uh, Mayim Bialik, who we know from Blossom and later The Big Bang Theory. She's going to do some hosting duties as well for some primetime things that they're doing, other spinoffs, whatever. There's uh, going to be another college version of Jeopardy, apparently, that she is going to host. So we finally now know who will be replacing Alex Trebek on a more permanent basis. It'll be Mike Richards, not the former Flyer, and Mayim Bialik. All right, that's it. I'm hungry. Let's wrap it up. We have reached the top of the hour. We'd like to thank our special guests, Tom Kelly and Travis Andrews, plus Bill Furman for making at least a brief appearance on the show this week from down in a uh, hot Florida, but with a not so hot hotspot. 
Um, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Rasroom, and Dave Lavoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester. We thank all of those folks for their continued support of the show. For Bill Furman, this is Chet, Jim Chesco, and we hope you enjoyed the show. And we'll join Philly Press Box Radio again next week, August 18th, when we're going to have Connor Brogdon's mom, Stephanie, plus the great Willie Nile on a show. You know where to find us by now. PhillyPressBoxRadio.com, BlogTalkRadio.com, Philly Press Box Radio. And uh, find us also on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Bullhorn, Spotify. I think we're still on TuneIn also. And, uh, yeah, on YouTube. You can watch us live on YouTube or on Facebook. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans, and go Phils. Happy trails to you, till we meet again.